Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are joined for another Case Study Sunday by Kathy Faulkner. And we've got a really interesting case study where two investors got a bit of a raw deal from some of the financial advisors they are working with. So this is going to be a great case study of if you do find yourself working with the wrong type of financial advisor, how can you get yourself out? So, Cathy, start us off. Tell us a bit about these investors. So Holly and Reese are in their late 30s, early 40s. They live in Auckland. They're married with no dependents. They've got their own home with a mortgage. And Holly is an account manager. Reese is a business analyst. And they have a combined income of 170K. Cool. And how much equity have they got? About 700K equity. Cool. Great. So chunky equity. Is that because they've owned their own house for a while? Well, they are very good savers. They, in fact, save the whole of one of their salaries that goes towards paying down their mortgage. So they are set to pay their mortgage off in four years. Wow, that's great. So they're going to be paid off by the time they're really early 40s. Yep, that's right. Yep. And walk us through, Kathy. what have they done to date? They had actually only got their KiwiSaver. So they've both got KiwiSaver. And they'd been working with a financial planner, basically focusing on paying down their mortgage. Okay, but then they went to get some property advice, right? Yes. So what they did is, is that they signed up with a company to get an overhaul of all their financial services. So KiwiSaver, insurance, property investment, budgeting, and they paid $12,000 to receive that advice as a lifetime membership. Okay. So what they did then is, is that they one of the strategies that they wanted to go down was property investment. And they had to wait 12 months before the company that they went through found them a property. And they only really showed them one property. And this is where things sort of fell apart. So what do you get for that 12 grand? So basically, it's just advice, more around budgeting advice, because, you know, and insurance and KiwiSaver, they did go through them with KiwiSaver and change their providers. But the reality is with all of those services, when they take part and actually purchase those services, those financial advisors are receiving a commission from that. So they were a little unsure as to what that $12,000 actually entailed. So what what you're saying there is perhaps the advisor is double dipping. They're getting a fee, but also a commission, which, look, I'm not against anyone charging a fee if someone gets good service, but you really want to understand what am I going to get for that fee before you agree to pay it? That's right. They did disclose the amounts that that they were going to be charged. But I think it was just the fact that with Holly and Reese being such good savers, they didn't actually need all of those services. They were really looking for property investment advice and they had to wait 12 months for that. And here's one of the interesting things. So you said that they had to wait quite a long time to get that advice. Is that because they didn't have capacity to help them or was that the advice of the advisor to wait for that period of time? It was interesting in that they themselves aren't the investment provider. They actually have a sister company that provides that investment advice on the actual property. And they had to wait that time before a suitable property came up for them to actually present. Okay. So this is perhaps a case of a financial advisor that specializes in budgeting having a little bit of a foot in the camp of of property investment as well, but maybe not having capacity the same way someone that maybe specialises in that. Am I reading that right? That's right, which is how they ended up coming to us. Okay. And how did they come across you? So they had listened to the podcast and they were really interested in the fact that, 
what they were really looking for was a wealth plan and ultimately property investment advice because they felt that property investment was their pathway to securing their long-term financial future, but they just really needed advice as to what property. Okay. And walk us through, Kathy. So they'd already paid 12 grand to get some advice. So then they came to or approached a different financial provider and started getting property investment advice for free. Did that make them maybe have a bit of buyer's remorse about the 12 grand they'd paid? Well, the 12 grand that they paid was also for that property investment advice through their sister company. The big issue was is that they were only really offered one property. They actually put that property under contract. It was a two-bedroom, two-bathroom property in West Auckland. But when they're undergoing their due diligence, they discovered quite a few things that made them feel uncomfortable. And it was during that process that they came and approached us and just wanted some advice as to what else is there that they could perhaps look at just to make sure whether it stacks up with their current property that they had under contract. Okay. What were those red flags? One, that they were only given a limited number of options to choose from. Well, it was just the one. The second was it was a very large development. And during their due diligence, they found out that the Kaunga Ora property had popped up opposite, which was a very large property. And the other red flag was is that in the same development, the exact same units were being offered at a much cheaper price to other investors, and they weren't able to provide them with the same price. I uh, see. Okay. So the first two, larger development and KO having some properties nearby. I can understand how some people would get concerned about that, but not necessarily a concern for everyone, but you like to be informed. And I guess that's why having multiple options can help people go, yeah, look, that might suit one investor, but it doesn't suit me. So I can go to option number B or option number C or option number D. But paying more for something that someone else is paying the same amount for, I could understand that would be a real issue. So once they've got new options through you, what do they do? Well, what they had decided is that they were going to cancel the contract under the current property. They did have a due diligence clause and they had already preempted with the lawyer that they were going to do that. So they were able to get out of the contract, but they had still, remember, paid that $12,000 for complete financial advice, including property investment advice, which they didn't feel was any value to them, being great budgeters, the fact that they didn't continue with the property and the fact that the advisors had already received commissions for some of the services that they'd already partaken in. So what they want? They wanted their money back? They wanted their money back, yes. Or they wanted at least some of the money back or most of the money back. Okay. Were they allowed to do it though? Well, what happened is, is that we had a meeting. I called Andrew in to sit in with me with a meeting. and Oh, you we were there? Just... I was here. I was, just yes. acting, I was acting like I didn't know this one. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so you're sitting at a meeting. Who was it with? The two investors and you guys, or you had the financial advisors from the Southern oh, Company there know, with you? I don't know that no. they would have been that excited to sit in front of Kathy and I, but yeah, I, I did meet these people. They're lovely people. And basically, we just walked through the process of, of what they did and did not get value for. So, Kathy, did these guys go then to these financial advisors and ask for their money back? They did do that, and the, the company offered them half. And where we got to was they didn't feel that $6,000 was enough of a discount. They didn't feel that they'd got 6000 worth of value, so why should they only get a half refund? So Kathy and I at that stage explained what the process is if you do have a dispute with a financial advisor. So you can ask your financial advisor to provide you that complaints process, but in the first instance, you go back to the provider and give them another chance. 
and then failing that, you go to the Financial Services Complaint Authority that they belong to. Now, in this case, they went back and said, hey, look, if, if you're not prepared to do a bit better than that, then I am going to go to the Financial Services Complaint Authority for your provider. And what happened after that, Cathy? Well, they ended up giving them the full amount back, wow. which was awesome. And I do just need to correct you slightly on the, the complaints process. Before you go to the complaints provider, you do have to follow the standard complaints process through the company first. Now, usually there's an email address. You can find this on any financial service provider's website. It'll be labelled important informational disclosure statements, something along those lines. And there'll often be an email address. For example, it might be complaints at opuspartners.co.nz. I think ours is not that. It's probably our compliance manager's email address. But there'll be something like that on the website. You email that and that's how you start the formal complaints process. It's quite cool that in this case, these guys were able to get the full amount back and not having to follow that full process. So, Kathy, what do you think are the most important things other investors should learn out of this case study? I think it's really understanding where the value is of the advice that you're receiving. What is it that you're paying for? Where else is that company getting their income from? And what are other financial advice companies doing? And rather focusing on specialist advice, I think would be the key. I definitely do think that's a really good point. Sometimes you can go to a jack-of-all-trades financial advisor, which may suit you, but very often I find that people who specialise in their particular areas of expertise are more likely to get you the better result. So, Cathy, walk us through, what's the next step of these guys' journey? What are they going to do next with property investment? We sat down with them and worked out a wealth plan, and they've put a property under contract, which is confirmed. It is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bathroom townhouse in Henderson, Built by Jenny and Homes, beautiful turnkey project. Cool, so they're investing, they're purchasing. How many properties are they going to need to invest in? They're going to need three over a six-year period. So one now, one in three years' time, and one in six years' time to help them with the nest egg strategy, which is their retirement strategy. Right, awesome. let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to build a wealth plan, you've got to check out our software, which was just released. It's called My Wealth Plan, where you're going to be able to figure out what your wealth gap is and how many properties you're going to need to invest in so you can live the retirement lifestyle you want. Find that at mywealthplan.opuspartners.co.nz or the link's down in the show notes. Tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll find it in there. For listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we'll be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>